one of the key things is a lot of the supply chain is built on the concept of just in time with a big flaw. So when there's complete stability and everything's working perfectly, you think it's working because it is working that day. The concept of just in time is actually has to be go next to something to the tune of Six Sigma or 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 any form of highly highly efficient processes where something breaks, you have fallback plans in place. So people took the concept of just-in-time, applied it on a global basis when it was meant to be a local thing, and did not take the other side of it, which is you need to actually be prepared if something goes wrong so you can fix it. And they say, oh, everything's running perfectly. The trains are on time. Great. But then as soon as one single issue happens, the whole thing breaks and implodes. You're listening to Transform Talks, the podcast about global supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, a fast-growing network of over 130,000 supply chain and manufacturing executives worldwide. Now on this show, I'm going to be interviewing and having conversations with some of the biggest names in supply chain and business, where we're going to be discussing topics around digitization, transformation, leadership, technology, business models, diversity, sustainability, and much, much more. Welcome back to Transform Talks. My guest this week is Richie Hecker. Richie's a serial entrepreneur, investor, and writer. His current role is that of managing director at a leading product distribution company called Traction and Scale. His extensive experience in building profitable import and export businesses has helped Traction and Scale become one of the global players in the supply of medical goods. Most recently, the company played a huge role during the COVID-19 pandemic and is credited with providing much-needed medical supplies to governments around the world. So I've been trying to get Richie on the podcast for some time, not only because he has got a wealth of experience in supply chain, but also because he has, uh, as you'll notice throughout the episode, he isn't afraid to speak his mind. He has some very strong opinions when it comes to the current way in which we address issues relating to fluctuating demand, and as such, during our conversation, Richie and I discuss the impact of global events on supply and demand, the real-world consequences when you're not prepared, and how we can turn the current situation around. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Richie, welcome to Transform Talks. Hi, thanks for having me. I want to start out by asking you a pretty maybe off-the-wall kind of question, right? So... Um, I want to talk about your background in martial arts. Now, I know that during your studies, you trained in Vietnamese kickboxing, of all things. Uh, And I'm curious to know if you think that there's anything that you learned in your training that has gone on to help your career. So I trained for a number of years in Vietnamese kickboxing, Muay Thai, uh, mixed martial arts, and Krav Maga. And there's been a lot of things I learned that have helped my career. Uh, One thing that comes to mind is especially if you're going into a new area or a new set of challenges, sometimes you have to be willing to take a punch in the face in order to actually start the fight. You know, you're squaring up against someone. You're sizing, you're sizing up, you're sizing out your opponent. You gotta be willing to like lean in a little bit, and then you might get clipped. But if you have your defenses, you have your crouching, you have your defenses up. You, you know, you're you're wait, you're waiting for it, and you're looking around, and you're take a little punch, but then you're on the inside, and then you can actually strike. It's really important. A lot of people will stay outside and never take, never be willing to take the risk of that punch. 
But we learn from, from martial arts, if you're not willing to take a punch, step away. Uh, if you are willing to take a punch, you might get smacked in the face, and that's okay. You just got to keep rolling, learn your opponent, learn the leverage, maybe even use that punch as leverage to power through it and throw your own set of strikes. Uh, that's the lesson that's uh, reverberated many times for me. And then, and then you know what, that lesson is, is so applicable in all aspects of life, I'd say, even in supply chain these days, you know? And so moving swiftly along to the topic at hand, uh, I know that uh, you also wrote for, when you were studying at University of Maryland, you wrote for a humor publication, right? So uh, apparently their slogan was producing underrated mediocrity since 1997, which I thought was hilarious. And I think that that gives us a good segue to unpack the main topic of today's discussion, right? So from what I understand, you think that some of the core institutions in our society, whether they're government bodies or large-scale businesses, are pretty much woefully unprepared for the fluctuating levels of supply and demand, especially in some key product areas. So talk to me a little bit about that. How have we got to this point? Well, most planning is based on what happened yesterday. How can I plan for tomorrow? So let's say an item, because of either a shipping issue, COVID, uh, or any other issue, goes out of stock, most people then stockpile and stock up for tomorrow. But what's happened is that that item now is very well available. Prices have dropped. There's plenty of supply. So now you have a lot of extra stock with nothing to do with it. Um, so what we find is a lot of people do planning for the future based on the problem they're solving yesterday, uh, which is a way that you actually don't solve the problem for tomorrow. You just end up with more new problems in the future. So what we advocate for and what we believe is the, the best way to do problem solving is actually empowering people at all levels of the organization to actually solve problems as they occur in a way that you can give trust and verify but not make wrong uh, because you, you need to get people to think differently, to think about problem solving and adapting in a proactive way based on what's happening now. And that's how you solve problems in the future now because Whatever was out of stock or a supply chain issue from yesterday might be a completely different issue tomorrow. It might be a nut today and a bolt tomorrow. You solve nuts, but now you're still, uh, you're still broken on bolts. You can't make anything. Do, do you think, Richie, that perhaps a lot of that is down to maybe relative global stability that we've had in you know, the years or the decades prior to COVID? And I think the second part of that question is, do you think that the future is going to look more like the past or it's going to be a very rocky road? 100%. Uh, we had stability for probably about 10 years uh, where everything was getting really smooth. Um, you ordered an Amazon, you got stuff either the same day, next day, two days. It was like this. Everybody took your returns back like this. It was really easy to order X and get X. Um, and then, but, but one of the key things is a lot of the supply chain is built on the concept of just-in-time with a big flaw. So just-in-time was built, was developed in Japan uh, uh, in the 80s. However, it was built to be just-in-time on the island of Japan, which is a defined size you can get from side A to side B for all of your components, manufacturing, support, and distribution in a relatively simple and straightforward manner. People took the concept of just-in-time and applied it to global supply chain, where you're you know, getting raw materials in, let's say, Malaysia, you're manufacturing in China, you're shipping possibly through, you know, with a hop through Korea into the U.S. Um, 
There, and then in the U.S., you might have someone doing assembly, someone else is a wholesaler, someone else is a distributor, all in different parts of a, of a country 5,500 miles apart. Any single link that breaks, just in time, fails. So when there's complete stability and everything's working perfectly, you think it's working because it is working that day. The concept of just-in-time actually has to be go next to something to the tune of Six Sigma or, or, or any form of highly, highly efficient processes where something breaks, you have fallback plans in place. So people took the concept of just-in-time, applied it on a global basis when it was meant to be a local thing, and did not take the other side of it, which is you need to actually be prepared if something goes wrong so you can fix it. And they say, oh, everything's running perfectly. The trains are on time. Great. But then as soon as one single issue happens, the whole thing breaks and implodes. And, and it leads me to my, the question, the follow-up question that I had that I asked, which is, okay, what does the future look like? Because we know the present in the last couple of years has been really rocky. You know, there are some people that are like, you know, oh, no, we're going to go back to normal. What is normal? You know, what are we going back to? I, I, are we going back to that? Who knows? I have no idea. I, I don't have any... I, I don't think anyone at this point can accurately predict what normal is. There's several global geopolitical factors that are majorly disrupting supply chains. The war in Ukraine uh, is disrupting supply chains around food and military parts, which then impacts semiconductors uh, and raw materials that go into military components and technology, because almost all military, modern military is based on semiconductors um, and communications, satellites, all of these things that are normally used uh, that, are, that take away supply from the consumer side. Um, and food is in a disaster right now, global food supply chain as a result of, you know, Ukraine is the breadbasket of the world. Their grain goes to Africa and supports a huge quantity of people. And then you have the issues with China and Taiwan going on, <laughs> which impacts semiconductors and global manufacturing and trade. I can't predict what will happen, at least... You know, I can predict what will happen tomorrow. I'm not guaranteeing I'm going to be correct. Even if I have a 95% degree chance of being accurate, 5% wrong is a pretty terrible odds of betting the farm on it. Well, which is why I think, you know, you hear about this debate of just in time versus just in case, you know, is, is it the end of just in time? Are we now in the sort of era of just in case? And, and because there's so many potential problems that are brewing all over the world, just in case seems like the more, uh, I don't know, pragmatic approach right now. I want to talk about experience with that because during COVID you were, you know, you worked with the, uh, I don't know if we can mention it, the government about, uh, you know, some of these, uh, some of these, some of this equipment. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Uh, sure. So during COVID and for the last few years, we helped governments all over the world acquire uh, various medical supplies and PPE when it was imp almost impossible to find, whether it was N95 masks, nitrile gloves. Uh, we were one of the leading distributors of oxygen concentrators into India. Uh, we, we were delivering N95 masks to various government agencies around the U.S. Um, and then now we help various government agencies liquidate their overstock uh, or facilitate donations to make, it, make the products go back into the market so they can be used before expiration. It was a crazy time. We had a lot of manufacturing connections in China. Uh, prior to COVID, and we were working on some medical product development. And then it just, as it happened, we had, I, I, I have a business partner of mine told me to call one of my governmental contacts and said, hey, there's going to be a problem here coming to the States. Call this person that you know. Tell them that and just help them solve the problem. I'm like, okay. So I picked up the phone, called, and like a couple weeks later, we were shipping 
uh, infrared thermometers and masks and other products to various government agencies. And then it became its own thing. Like, we started getting calls from <coughs> large corporations, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, uh, various governments all over the world to help solve the problem. Because we weren't trying to go into this to, like, be a distributor for medical supplies. Um, I was actually running a, we were mostly before that doing venture capital um, and cross-border cross-border consulting around technology more than anything else. And this thing just sort of took off because we started getting these huge quantities of inbound requests saying, hey, you help this, can you help why? And it, and it, we were delivering, you know, masks when they didn't exist, gloves when they didn't exist. And in order to do that, you need to solve a whole host of complicated uh, supply chain challenges from how do you get production allocation, how do you avoid fraud, how do you handle global payments on the clear on time. Uh, shipping capacity was uh, anemic, whether it was global freight by air or by sea. Uh, then how do you avoid your trucks not getting stolen, getting the goods to the right place once they're delivered and quality control. And you had to solve this in like three days. You know, I'm, I'm going to shift quickly here now before we run out of time to talk about technology because I know that you uh, hold a more cynical view on the applicability of predictive modeling and supply chains. So can you unpack why you think AI may not be the way to go? Uh, what should supply chain leaders be focusing on? Uh, sure. So I think AI is a tool people can use in their own decision making. Uh, it is not a solution by itself. It's like a tool. It's a hammer. It, it's not the general contractor. Sorry to interrupt you, but do you think people make that mistake a lot and just sort of see that AI is this magic bullet, you know, the silver bullet that's going to solve everything and I'm just going to throw it into the AI because they don't know, you know, what it means really? Oh, 100%. So people will spend money buying this technology to basically show off, but then they're lacking critical thinking to actually utilize it in real time when there's a problem. Uh, it comes back to what we were talking about earlier. A lot of people are solving for problems of the past. Like, how do you solve for your supply chain shortage from yesterday versus supply, solving for your supply chain shortage of tomorrow, tomorrow is about educating your workforce and empowering them to make decisions and make mistakes in real time as problems occur and have the right processes in place. One of those processes could be AI. But AI, AI lacks context awareness around human social psychology. In other words... Your AI does not really understand, the best AI in the world does not really understand crowd psychology well. And you can't automate that. Uh, you have to be able to be adaptable and thinking as a, every level of your organization should have a level of empowerment. Let's say you have $100 of budget. Let $10 of that budget be discretionary in, the, in a situation where there's a problem or people can solve it. Sure, you have to report it so you can audit it later. <laughs> And make sure both your supplier is not defrauding you and making sure that someone's not taking kickbacks. But uh, trust and trust but verify and allow people to be empowered to make decisions. You can give them access to tools like artificial intelligence, but by itself, you're only going to end up finding problems of the past. You're not going to solve the future. Richie, that's the, all the time that we have. I want to thank you for being on here on Transform Talks with us and for sharing your insight and your experience. Um, I look forward to seeing what the world is going to, you know, look like in the next uh, year or so, you know, how unpredictable or how we predict the unpredictable, right? Looking forward to uh, figure out where things go and see what the next glow up is and uh, how, it, how we can protect ourselves. Thanks so much, Richie. Thank you very much.